Soul, and I will be your host for today's episode of Soul Searching. Allow me to introduce today's guest. I have the pleasure of knowing this gentleman uh, for a couple years now, Hannibal Nage. Hannibal is a linebacker. He played in uh, University of Colorado. Um, he was drafted in 1999. I won't put his age out there. Ah, it's already too late now. <laughs> he was drafted in 1999 to the Carolina Panthers. Um, he had a nine-year career playing with the Panthers, the Packers, the Bengals, and ended with the 49ers, if I'm, if I'm correct. Absolutely. Yeah, so Hannibal, I'd like to take this time, man, to welcome you to Soul Searches on behalf of Gentry Search Academy. Appreciate you, Cole. Appreciate you having me on, man. Looking forward to it. For sure, man. So i like to start off these shows with just having a wellness check-in. And for me, that means, obviously, we, we know we're in 2021 now. Uh, COVID just came and did its thing in 2020 and really disrupted a lot of uh, a lot of homes, a lot of businesses, a lot of people's health, um, and lives were affected. And so I just want to start and ask you, man, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I, I, I think it's been, um, it's been a very challenging year, man, in so many regards, but it's been a very fulfilling year, too. It's really an odd place to be in, right, where so much devastation, whether it's social injustice and COVID, going on, but at the same time, I've, I've been thriving in the sense of personally refine, redefining my purpose and finding that purpose and going after it and doing the things I need to do and really understanding who I am, right, though, so I'm, I'm good, man, in that sense, in that regard, so, you know, it's been challenging, though, I can't sit up here and act like, uh, you know, it hasn't been ups and downs, for sure, because, you know, how could you not emotionally go up and down with the stuff that we're seeing every day, and sometimes it's hard to just sit at my desk and work every day because what you're seeing, what you're hearing, what's going on, I mean, there's death, there's social injustice, there's just so much going on. Sometimes it does. You have to, I had to really work on my mental health to make sure that I didn't allow it to take me under, man, because it's a, a lot went on this year, you know, then dealing with new situations like having my kids in the house all the time, working from school, I mean, excuse me, working from home. And, you know, education is the most important thing to me, man. So just seeing that change and making sure they on track with all that and, you know, trying to make sure that I stay ahead of their mental health, right? Because I think some people, can forget and get into their own stuff. I, I'm busy doing my own thing, but I, I try to stay in tune to my kids and making sure that they're okay with it too, man. So it's been good though. All in all, man, I feel like this has been a, a challenging year, but a very a growth year. You know, challenging and adversity and then struggle comes growth. So I, I feel I feel good, man. Nah, you, you definitely touched on a, a few big things. Um, emotional health, mental health, um, just having those balances, especially as athletes. We, we tend to focus a lot on our physical strength mm -hmm. or our physical uh, stature, but definitely we're humans at the end of the day. So we, we deal with those emotions. We deal with those, um, those mental issues, especially in the African-American community. Um, mm -hmm. that, that conversation normally gets pushed under the rug, but we can circle back to that. I want to just jump into the, uh, mm -hmm. the flow of the, the questions right here. And I want, I want you to kind of just take me back to 1999, man, and just, you know, share, share with me, you know, when you first realized that this NFL was actually a business. When I learned NFL was actually a business, um, I would say I knew when I went in, but you always get taught these hard lessons. You know how you think you know something until you get introduced to really like this a business. Like, you are, you know, yeah, NFL is a business. They pay you money. It's, of course it's a business. You think it's a business, but then when you realize like you're really a commodity and it's a, you're, when you realize you're a commodity in the business, it's different. Of course we know it's a business. It's a multi-billion dollar business, but you are the commodity in the business and they will, you can come and go. 
and, it, and the, the business is going to continue to go right and they're not going to and, and that's what I had to learn the hard way so I had to learn that like I mean there's so many times you learn that right but the biggest lesson that I had think I, I learned from that was um just when I was at Green Bay Packers I always bring this up because it was a couple hundred thousand dollars that they took off my table because of business right because I was a starter and I had a contract that says if you play over a certain amount of time, you get a bonus, right? So I'm a starter, I'm about to hit my 70%. And last game of the season, we made the playoffs already and everything. We already clinched our playoff berth. And they said, oh, Hannibal, we're gonna, we gonna start you, but we're gonna rest you today. Cause I had a shoulder injury. I'm like, okay, cool. They rested me, they trying to take care of me. Little did I know, they, somebody made a call down cause they didn't make that decision to the last minute. Somebody in the gym and looking at the numbers like, oh snap, he about to hit his incentive and call down and told me, okay, don't start, don't let Hannibal play today. So. I'm thinking they're taking care of me, getting me ready for playoffs. We want you to be healthy for the first week of playoffs. I'm like, cool. I'm a bet, you know, I'm balling out. You know, I was hurt, so they're going to take care of me. They get, you know, so the game goes on. We're in Chicago. The My backup gets hurt. So I'm like, damn, putting on my helmet, about to run back in there. They're like, no, 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 no. They they sent in a safety, a strong safety to play linebacker before they would me, put me out there. They, they were like, I'm looking like, what in the world? Why are you going to put a, you know, I'm like, okay. Like, it didn't hit me until the end of the season when it was time for my bonus and my agent was like, you were 69.7, you didn't get your thing by 69 point whatever. And I'm like, oh, are you serious? So they knew what it was and they didn't want to give me the extra dough. So that is you know, microcosm of what football is and how it's a business. They could save 200,000, $300,000, they're going to save it, right? And that's not oh, even yeah, to talk yeah, about, yeah. So that's just one business story, but the other stuff is just, you know, we know how NFL is just, it's, we're commodities. So you come and go, you get hurt, you're not as valuable. We, all, all that stuff exists. But that for me, that, that was a financial business thing where I realized like I should not deal with this with emotion. I should deal with this in business sense. And that's, that was a hard lesson. So that's what I always tell the youngsters. I'm like, when you come from college to the league, don't don't deal with your emotions with it. Deal with the business of it, right? And it mm -hmm. you take the emotion out of the decisions in football, you're a lot better off. Cause I was, I was emotional. Like, oh, I'm get the playoffs, I'm gonna do this. I'm, I'm like, buy into that whole team thing and you know all that kind of stuff and not thinking about you know but you got to think about your business man you're a walking business so you test on you test on uh, the commodity i don't think a lot of explain that because i don't think a lot of guys um young guys coming in the league they they really don't understand what it is to to be a commodity in business so i want you to touch on that and then i really want to go back to the story with um that they they called down was it before the game yeah, I was in the locker room, man, about to, before warm-ups. Oh, nah, man, nah. We gonna... <laughs> nah, nah, nah. But I want you to touch a little bit more on the commodity and really just breaking that that concept down for, for those who may not understand. So I'm going to talk about commodities, but I, I definitely am not going to talk about commodities in, in the terms of, like, slave-type stuff because I don't like when people try to make NFL, like, Negroes police or the slave stuff, like, I don't really, what, they, what was that million dollar slave? Yeah, I don't really, I don't really buy into that concept that much because I understand conceptually what they're trying to say, but we choose to do this, right? And our lives are, we get paid, we choose to do this and you can opt out at any time, right? So mm -hmm. to align us as slaves is totally disrespectful to us. And I think it's disrespectful to like what slavery really was. So, so to me, I'm like, nah, that's not what we were. So I'm not gonna talk in commodities in that way. So when I say commodities, we're the product, you know, uh, without, us, this is why we, we always, you know, if we understood that, we would have a little bit more power, but we are the products, we are the commodity, we're what they're selling, right? So we're, we are, uh, we're their business generator, right? Without us, there is no business, but the commodity, meaning that if 
this commodity is hurt or is down or is old, he's replaceable, right? Every year, these commodities are new, right? There's a new breed of commodities coming in every year. So once that's come in, how valuable are you as a commodity? And, and there's depreciation in commodities sometimes too, right? So depreciation comes. We're a depreciating asset in this in this uh, business, right? So as soon as you get drafted, you begin to depreciate, just like a car driving off the lot, right? You drive a car off the lot, you instantly start decreasing in value. As soon as you get drafted, you play in a game, your value is decreasing, meaning, you know, at some point you're going to be done. Now, you know, that could be dispute a little bit because you can get drafted one year and a few years later get a hundred million dollar contract. So that's not necessarily always holds true, but just from the business standpoint of a commodity and how we are understanding that we understand it in two ways, right? Understanding our value as a commodity and understanding that that's what we are in the first place, right? I think are just things that we need to understand. Yeah, definitely understanding that going in gives you that that business sense that you kind of yeah. talked about, removing your emotions from the situation and starting to think as a businessman, because once you enter this arena, you are the business, you are the generator, you are the product and understanding the value that you have when you step into that arena. Uh, mm -hmm. But when you said you was in a locker room, I can't imagine your emotions because you were so flustered. You weren't, you weren't even thinking, like you said, I'm thinking, man, I'm about to save time, save, you know, they about to rest me. And, and it wasn't until the end that you found out that you were like a half percent short from that bonus, man. Like, did, is that something that you, you went back and talked to upstairs about, or you just kind of like took that on the chin and was like, all right, this is this is just a lesson learned that won't get me again. There's nothing they could, there's nothing I could do, man. Even when, you know, when I found out, I told my agent, I'm like, nah, are you serious? I was, I was pissed. And he was like, you know, and I was up for my contract again. They said, like, was it, you know, his whole thing was like, they'll take care of you. They said, they, they take care of me. He's like, they take care of you. They get like, no, they didn't take care of me. It was purposely done. And so, you know, it just, I look back and I just was so naive. I just, you know, but what could I have actually done at that point, right? Can I say I'm going to play anyway? Like, what could you really do, right? What could you really do? If I did understand that they were doing that to me, I could have voiced my opinion. I could have been upset. Um, if they don't let me play, they don't let me play, right? Um, but yeah, man, I just had to learn not to deal with the emotions and be so happy to be there. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm happy to be here. About to go. Oh, you saving me? Cool. Like I was just totally in my own, my own little bubble, man, and not realizing the business aspect of like, why am I not playing? Like you played me last week. You played me like I'm. You didn't tell me this any other time, but right now, like usually they tell you like, hey, we practicing, but we gonna sit you this week because we was already clinched anyway. We didn't clinch that oh, day. Yeah. We were already clinched, and so they, I'm, I'm suited up and everything, man. And they just like, oh, by the way, uh, we're not going to let you play. And it might have been after warm-ups. I might have went warm-ups and come back in. It was like, man, we're going to rest you today. I think that's exactly what happened, actually. Wow, that's, that's yeah. mentally. You spent all the night before preparing oh, yeah. mentally. Absolutely. Because that, that, Absolutely. Game plan, you know, everything. Like, like think about it, going to sleep by the mentally. Think about the plays you're going to make and all this other stuff. The defense, I mean, the offense, they're going to run, making sure you prepare mentally. Right. Going through warm-up and everything. They're like, oh, you're not going to play. Your backup going to play. Then my backup get hurt, and they still didn't put me in. Like, and it wasn't like they didn't put me in. Like, I literally ran out. You know, you're, when, you're, when you're paying attention to the game, your player gets hurt, you got to run out on the field. For sure. I, my helmet on ran out there. They were screaming at the top of their lungs, like, Hannibal, no. And they sent in, like, they just pulled somebody, like, go in. And I'm jogging off as I'm, I'm like, what, what's going on? Or, they didn't hit me. Had no idea. But, you know, my agent should have prepared me for that, too. Like, he should have told me, you're about to hit your bonus. Like, this just should have been some astuteness going on somewhere, right? If I'm not my student myself and I hire somebody to do that for me, he should have let me be alert that, hey, you're coming close to your 70% bonus. Yeah. And 
this is what, you know, just, just so you know, even going into game, he might have known they plan, but he, if he could have let me know that, I would have been, and, it, and some of you could follow me, right? I didn't know where my percentage was. I'm, I, I started, so I just figured I'd get my bonus. I ain't, I ain't thinking about the actual percentages of it yet, you know? So lesson learned, man. Yeah, it's just a level of awareness, man. So you talked about lesson learned. What was some advice that you would give to your rookie self um, now? The biggest thing I would tell to my rookie self, was, you know, I think the financial part is, is obvious, right? The financial part, just being more uh, learn finances, right? Don't don't take it, don't lean on other people for financial uh, education or fortitude. Like that doesn't mean that you don't have to hire people, but understand it, learn it, because you're you are the one percent now, right? And understanding money is detrimental to your life moving forward, and how you keep it, how you hold it, or how you lose it is is so important, right? So that's the one thing. Um, second thing would be the door has been opened up for us as professional athletes, right? Meaning the opportunities and the access and the network of people that we're able to meet, take advantage of that, right? Take advantage of that more so than anything because that's kind of what we work for. We work for the paycheck, but we've worked our whole life to be somebody, right? To be somebody that can get doors on, to be the person that people get that, that you know, if you call, they're going to pick up the phone, right? Or that they want to meet you, right? We've always wanted to, like, we finally have arrived to that point, but yet we do not nurture our, our relationships. We do not nurture our network while we're playing. We do not, you know, um, take advantage of the access we have in the locker room and, the, and the, you know, we walk around not understanding we're walking around in a $13 billion a year business. And we don't look at that, right? And understand all the things that are attached to a $13 billion business, right? And then saying, I want access to that, or I want to know more about that, or I need to meet these people and make sure that I'm I'm, I'm, I'm embedded into this so that when you're done, you have something to reach back to, right? So you don't want to be done with football and then be like, man, I want to talk to that dude that ran this company. He don't want to talk to you now. Yeah. You done playing, he don't want to talk to you no more. Unless you nurture that relationship while you're playing, you can reach back and talk to him. So nurturing that man and understanding the value of who you are as a professional athlete and what that can bring, as opposed to just saying, oh, it brings money and I can buy things, but what else does it bring for you when you're done playing? Because money can't buy access. Mm. Certain people can, but money can't buy relationships. Money can't buy certain things, right? Um, it's not supposed to, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, for sure. So you touched on understanding your value. How important is it to stay diverse in other interests um, outside of football when it comes to understanding your value? That is a tricky question because you want to make sure guys are, are not just football players, right? Yeah. But to be the best in the world, you have to be focused like a laser on something, right? And I think people outside of football don't realize that, you know, for me to be exceptional, I'm talking about we're the best in the world, dude. Like we're like the under 1% that ever played in the NFL. To be that, you know how much time and energy and know-how goes into that and practice and just be, you know, competition, injuries, like just so much goes into being the best, right, in the world that it takes so much of our time and our attention and our focus to be good at that. So there's a balance that has to be there, but at the same time, you have to open up your eyes, man, and say, okay, we always hear the mantra, you're not going to play forever, but it don't hit us until it hit us. <laughs> and so, you know, I would just say taking the time to understand that, you know, when off-season comes, don't just use your off-season Use off-season with purpose. Be intentional about your off-season, right? And I know, like I said, I don't – I speak this because I didn't always do this, right? Because I was the young 21. I got drafted at 21, so I spent my off-season in Miami Beach just like everybody else and doing certain things everybody else did, right? So I'm, I'm not trying to sit up here and talk down, 
But if you could take some of that, if you if you get two, three months off, so you can take a month and a half of that to do an internship, develop yourself or take a class, take a course certification or take just get on the Internet and learn something that you've always wanted to learn or explore something, start something. You know, you might not be able to fulfill it all the way through. And I think it takes a very unique person to be able to be an athlete. So I, I applaud the guys who are athletes and, and businessmen at the same time, like exceptional businessmen. Because we all try to be businessmen when we play. I say all of us, but we try. And then we fail at one or the other, right? Yeah. Um, because you're not really. But the guy that can do both, I, I applaud them. But I would just say just exploring and understanding and and and, and taking the time to, to understand what your passion is beyond football while you're playing, right? And so that doesn't mean you have to start a nonprofit or business right then, because sometimes that can be a hindrance to you too. But you got to take the time to search yourself, bro, because if it hits you when you ain't expecting to hit you, that's the wrong time to try to start then. Yeah, nah, that leads me that leads me kind of to my next question. If you're talking about guys finding that balance of uh, football, uh, family, uh, trying to manage business all at the same time, you know, through the, throughout the whole year, we, we have the end season and we have the off season. So. What would be some tips that you would give to those guys who who have all those things on their plate to, to manage? Man, I, I, I uh, it's another tough tough question, man. Because me personally, when the season was in, I tuned out. Mm. And I didn't tune back in until the season was over. Mm. So there were people that loved me that knew that's just how I was, man. You know, unless you were my wife at the time or like my inner 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 circle. I'm shut down because this is what I was focused on, right? So it was not really much wiggle room for me. So I think everybody's different in that sense, but that didn't mean my family wasn't important. But when it changed for me, it was when I started, I had kids and then that, that value proposition changed for me. It became, that became more important than this. And so then my, my energy shifted. So when I used to shut down and shut off, I can't shut down and shut off my wife and kids, right? So then my purpose or my uh, passion or what was most important shifted to me, right? So being single most of my career and not having that immediate, my, 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 I have family, but I didn't have my wife and kids yet at the time. I could be 100% all football, right? And it's just me. But when my, when my energy shifted and it changed, it changed everything for me. That's kind of one reason I stepped away from the game because I couldn't be, it couldn't be football first for me no more. You know, it, it wasn't that way anymore. So then it was time to stop. So it's a balance, man. Everybody has to find an individual place but I just say one thing I've learned after football is work-life balance and what that really means man and so that does apply to football man so um I learned that I had to learn that I didn't learn that then I didn't learn that even till you know probably last couple of years what work-life balance really meant and how it impacts your life and your mental health man like seriously like it, it does impact your mental health and your physical health and all the other things emotions and all that if you don't have work-life balance you're happy so just finding what that is for you everybody's different yeah, I think I think you touched on something for me, my experience. Um, I played my career, um, no wife, no kids. And so I had that. I just had football just to focus on. You know, I came in undrafted, um, but I, I really didn't have any outside distractions. Yeah, I had my family would come down every once in a while, but it was really just focusing on football. I didn't really start to. And I came in very shy, very, uh, very introverted. I really didn't. Uh, my physical stature is, is, is large, but you know I, what? That wasn't my uh, that wasn't my character and my demeanor in the locker room or outside. Like I'm not gonna be uh, I'm not gonna be out making all these making all this noise in the off season. I'm very chill, and so for me, I really don't think that I had a lot to to balance, and I really wasn't trying to focus on the business, you know, or extracurricular activities until 
uh, later in my career. Um, although I did my first offseason do an internship, which you talked about, just take, you know, a month or two just to, to go to the NFLPA mm -hmm. and, and, and get involved and see what other uh, things might interest me. So I definitely want to encourage guys to find what works for them, uh, get 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 in the routine, you know, sit down and talk with your inner circle and, and, and develop a game plan. Yeah, um, and, and a part of that game plan, you know, I want to touch on back to you is, what kind of inspired you? What kind of what inspired you to continue your education? You know, playing uh, in the league and and after retirement. Because it's part of that professional personal development. I say after football. I just you know for me it was about you know I knew football as an expert at football. I, I can be you know I had a PhD in football. Now it's time to me if I'm going to jump into something else. What is that institutional information that I need to do it? There's two sides of it, right? There's jump. There's doing it. And they're learning it as well, right? You can you can sit in the classroom and learn about football, but until you get hit, it don't mean nothing, right? You can you can give you all the plays in the world, but until you go out there and you get hit or hit somebody, it means nothing. So in business, or excuse me, in my world, business, it was just like I wanted to understand business. I wanted to understand the language of business. I wanted to understand. I didn't want to sit in the boardroom and not know what the hell they're talking about. You know, I wanted to just like. When, you, when they give you a playbook, if you gave somebody else a playbook and told them to read that, they, it's like a foreign language to them, but they can give it to you and you can, you can dissect that and tell you everything what that playbook means. I didn't want to be reading the playbook and not understanding it. So that's why I spent the time to understand that, man. And it wasn't just school, but it was mentors. I had to find and search out a mentor that was able to willing to take me and like teach me the little things, man, and put me on his wing. I, I definitely credit mentorship and somebody that has been successful in, in the paths that I want to go on and actually would be willing to teach me that was, 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 was beneficial. So between mentorship, getting more educated on certain things and actually doing it is what is really kind of elevated me. Uh, did, did you, would you say you had mentors um, like in the locker room like that were, that were current teammates or did somebody like a veteran take you under their wing or did you kind of find your mentors outside of the game? Um, while I was playing, I don't know necessarily know if I considered people mentors that probably were mentors to me, you know what I mean? I think because we just, we on the team, we just, we kick it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But there are people that I looked up to, um, like Musa Muhammad, you know, me and him, he's, I started my first LLC with Musa Muhammad. So it was my, I was my first introduction into business was with Musa Muhammad, but he's, you know, now you look at he's that now, he's a very established business person in Charlotte, North Carolina and throughout the country. But back then we both started our first business ventures together and we're, you know, getting into business, doing this and doing that. So that was my first entry to that. But he was somebody that I looked up to more so though than I saw as a mentor. I think in those times, he wasn't like, Hannah, we need to do this, you need to do that. It was just like, you know, I liked, I followed his lead. I followed by example and saw a big brother doing things that, that made, meant something to me. Another person, Mark Fields, you know, another person that I looked up to uh, and saw as somebody doing really well. So there were those guys that I picked up on that I saw guys doing things, right? So a lot of, you know, sometimes it's not even mentorship. Sometimes it's like, I see what he's doing. What is it that he's doing that's allowing him to do that? You know, and I always wanted to study that. Like, and that's what, honestly, I, I looked at guys, man. I was just, I see what they're doing. Like, okay, so I see his pattern. I see how he, what he's doing. Like, let me take a piece of that. Let me take a piece of this. Um, let me throw that away because I ain't working for him. You know, so that's, that's kind of what I did, man. It's just, and then built myself to where I was like, okay, I know I got enough and I can, I can move on and do what I got to do. I think you touched on something key. I think for us as athletes, a lot of, um, a lot of us are visual learners. 
you know, we, we, we need, we need to, not only do we need to see it on the film and install in a meeting, but we got to go out there and get the walkthrough reps. We yes. got to go out there and actually walk through these steps and, 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 and be out there in that moment, be in that boardroom because I can't just be out here and, and not have the application behind it. And so that for me, that for me obviously was critical. And I'm hearing the same thing for you. And one of the mentors that I really started attaching myself to in the locker room uh, on, for both on the field and off the, off the field was Marcus Coaston. Mm -hmm. was, uh, that dude. That's my guy. Savvy, savvy, <laughs> savvy, we were actually in business school together. That's my guy. Yeah, so he was, you know, so he was this very savvy business uh, businessman um, on and off the field. And so one of the things that I'll never forget that, that caught my attention, I think it was my second year, and um, we're middle of the season. Um, he's, you know, he, he's our top receiver. And, you know, he, he's battling with injuries on the back end of his career. And he's in the trainer room, right? He's getting, he, he got two people working on him at this time. And then at the same time, he's sitting back, got his, uh, got his like, I think he had uh, his laptop at the time. And he was looking at PowerPoint presentations. I saw pie graphs and, and Excel spreadsheets, you know, on both screens. I said, and I was like, that's not, he over here studying another play right. this right. whole time. And, and for me, I, I was just amazed that he had the capacity uh, to perform at this high level on Sundays and then through the week find find different ways to to, to fit within his work life balance to understand that this is this is a time for me to obviously rest, recover, but also uh, be efficient. And I think that is that was something that truly inspired me to to get uh to embark on this journey. That's all it takes is one person to see it. That's exactly what happened to me. Like, okay, I see it. I know it can be done. Like, so it can be done. Yeah, once you see that it can be done, you because you obviously are a person. I, I can tell. I've known you for a couple of years. You're 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 confident in who you are. You are confident in your ability, right? Mm -hmm. Once you see that it can be done, you're like, oh, I can do that. You know what I'm saying? This one thing is like he led the way. He showed me that it can be done, so I can follow. I can do that, right? might take me some time to do that or evolve to that but I know I, it can be done right so I, that was kind of how I looked at it as well nah nah for sure I think um yeah I, I, I gotta get I gotta get coasting on on, on on one of these shows too yes, just to, just to get just to bring that full circle man um if um just, I'm gonna just throw this question out there if you if you were um if you were a businessman and and you were interested in buying a business in this economy currently right now, what were some things you would take into consideration when analyzing that deal? Well, I'm going to go to my inner Nipsey hustle, man. And be like, we're in, we're in business to make money, man. What's, what's, what, what's the growth? What are we, what's the bottom line? What are we selling and what's the, what are we making? What's the profit? Like how much is the business making? So a lot of people get into business to be, have looks and to look like they're doing business, but are you making money? And that's really what it comes down to, man. So that would be, that's my, that's my, I listen to my Nipsey Hustle overtime every day, man. And so there to me, rest in peace so right, it drives me to like, that's really what it comes down to. You can do all these things, right? But it's not about how many tickets you sold. You know, like I said, it's like, what's the growth? What, how much money did you make, right? So I always just live by that. So look at that, right? Look at the bottom line of the business and the revenue and, 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 and uh, do your due diligence, man. Everybody, as athletes, we get sold on stuff so quick because we don't know what to look for, right? We just like, oh, that looks good, sounds good. If, if you got the exterior for athlete, that gets us out. That gets us almost all the time, right? 
you, you, you throw the exterior up, look pretty good, but you're not looking behind, uh, you know, behind in them books and what they standing and what they're grossing. Uh, that's really what it comes down to. So if you're investing in that, that's what I would say would be key. I think the same thing carries over, um, you know, when you analyzing a business deal is preparing for your next opponent, you know, the following week, you got to do your due diligence. If you don't go into that week prepared, um, studying a little bit of extra film um, and not just doing the, the bare minimum that needs to be done uh, throughout the week at the time that y'all spend together. If you're not, you're not going home and, and taking a, a couple extra, uh, taking your iPad. Did y'all, y'all didn't have iPads uh, early. <laughs> y'all didn't have that. Why you do me like that, man? Why you do me like that, bro? <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, just, I just thought about that. I was like, they didn't get that too. We, yeah, we didn't get an iPhone until my last year to leave, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Dang, so, yeah. So, but it's you still had to do your due diligence to prepare. Um, and that same thing goes over the business. You really have to do your due diligence before, um, you know, signing the dotted line on any on anything. I think that's a, a major key. Um, shout out to Nipsey Hustle, man. Rest his soul. Um, so I want to I want to talk a, a deeper, take a deeper dive, and I want to talk a little bit about uh, 360 Degrees Football Academy. Tell me what that is, and tell me what the mission of the organization is, and why you started it. The mission is leadership development through athletics, right? I, I just, you know, I feel that when you athletes are leaders, I, I feel they have to either the leaders or they have the potential to be leaders. And I wanted to use the tool of sport to attract these guys and their passion for sport to drive them to do all the things that we're talking about right here. Like I wanted to use that that passion that they have to drive them to all the other things, ancillary things beyond the football field that made them that's going that are going to make them successful. So 360 means being complete, being holistic. It means being more than an athlete. It means working on your weaknesses, not just your strengths. Um, and so that's, I wanted to, when I was done with football, I wanted to build something. I wanted, I wanted to find out, you know, obviously who I am, right? As far as what do I know very well? <laughs> like, what do I know very well, right? Obviously I played nine in the NFL. I know that well, but how do I turn that into a business? And so, over a lot of mentorship, a lot of talking, man. And I had done nonprofit camps before, right? Before I, I, I probably did six or seven years of my nonprofit in Oakland doing football camps. But when I got done, it was, I wanted to do something so more impactful than just football camps. And when I did my football camps, the parents and the kids had so much more left on the table to get from me, right? And they asked me questions and wanted to stay connected with me. And what, how does my son do this? Or how can I get him in college? Or what does he do this? Can you talk to him about this? And getting like, so it got to a point where I was like, I got to build something. And why is there nothing out there that's really teaching the truth, right? Why is there nothing out there that's telling the real journey of this, of what we, uh, what that's going on, right? So I really, and I'm sorry for the long way to answer because it's so, it's 360 so much. And, but it was, you know, I'm looking out there and I'm looking at these kids who aspire to be the professional athlete and, and I'm looking at what they're teaching them, like they're lying to them, right? Because if you're just teaching them how to be fast in the 40, you're lying to them. If you're teaching them that they just need to do a bench press, how much can you bench? You're lying to them, right? So because you know and I know the people that truly were successful in football had a lot of things going for them that they, you know what I'm saying? Like, and the guys that transcend and transition to be even more successful have a lot, they're, they're, they're more 360 than, than 180. And so I just wanted to be able to build a curriculum and, and really sell that journey and tell that journey and like really from financial lit, all the mistakes. So I took, and, and for me, I'm a big adversity mistakes person, like learning from, you don't never lose, you just learn, right? 
And so all the stuff, man, if you take my, just my journey, man, I feel like I have, I feel like God has taken me on journeys for a reason, man. I've been in murder trials in the league. I've been in, you know, I've been divorced. I've lost money. I've made money. I've had you know, so many different things happen to me throughout my career. My father passed away when I was 13. So I'm just trying to, I try to, how do I take this information, my lessons learned and my expertise and put it into a curriculum and give it back. And that's what 360 was, man. So I, I just took the time and built a business around doing football academies. And so when in a classroom, we're talking about financial literacy, we're talking about mental health, we're talking about social justice, we're teaching them, you know, we're, we're teaching media training. Like we, I'm teaching them SAT prep. You know, we actually have them sit down with counselors and go over their transcripts. And so really working on all the things to get you there, because without that, you're not getting there, right? So I really just try to paint the journey and say, if you want to be a professional athlete, let's not say you got to think about, because it starts to burn me up when people say, man, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they say football player. And I'm like, well, you got to think more than that. Like, why? Let them think, let them drive them to be that. Because to be that, there's, they got to be, ex, they got to go on a path of excellence to be that, right? And so ain't nothing wrong with striving to be a football player because even if you don't make it, look at all the things that you had to do positive to get there. And yeah, so for me, discipline, right? Yeah, the level of discipline that goes along with it, man. The, the level of education you got to get, how you got to eat, how you got to, like, all these things that go into, being the complete person to get there, man. The adversity you gotta go through, the mental strength you gotta have, like all this fortitude you gotta have to get there. I'm like, let's not knock them off from being that. Let's let's encourage them to be that, knowing that if they fail, we've we've equipped them to be to be to be able to handle not being a NFL player, right? We've equipped them to be who they need to be, regardless of if they made it to the NFL or not, right? And along that journey to get to the NFL, the reason why I really loved it is because to get to the NFL, you gotta go to college. There's no, there's, there's no way around it, right? So for me, I'm a big education person. So I just tie it to it. Like, hey, part of your journey is going to college. So I'm helping you get to college. I'm helping you get beyond. But that's the whole goal. I work with high school kids and really help them get to college, man. That's really what it drives me. But it's, it's the thought of them playing at the level of football. I remember what football meant to me when I was a teenager and how passionate I would do anything for that, right? And so I'm just taking that passion, man, and being real with them. I think one of the things I like to do too is be who I am and be straightforward from Oakland. So I like to talk to these dudes, the kids. And that's why I did with high school because I'm not good at talking to little kids because I'm like, I, I, my message is too real. Um, and I think that when they get to a certain age, they're ready to hear it. And it becomes more, uh, and I can talk to them as a talk to talking to little kids like, hey, you know, it's cool to go to school. I'd rather talk to them and be like, hey man, you know, this is, this means this, right? This journey means this. And so I built it, man. And what it has become is I, I do, do uh, football academies for other professional athletes who don't know how to put all this together, right? Because there's a lot. So I basically have essentially become an operations company doing football academies education, right? Um, and doing that. And the other half of it is the year-round curriculum that I was doing that I'm now recreating again. So it wasn't about just on site, but the biggest part about 360 was once they leave, where's, how do we continue to impact them throughout the year? So that was my biggest thing. Like we can't just be impactful for two days or a week or one day, we have to figure out how do we be impactful around the clock and measure that and continue to grow the impact for them and their parents and so on. So there's a lot of different layers, man, of 360, but the core of it is really what I just stated. But now, like I said, I want to impact other players to use their platform to do what I've done. So basically I'm giving them that 360 platform to be them, to brand it as them. So like, Cole, you could do your own 360 and use this platform that I've already built to do to be you call it the code whatever but the, the point is i want to to help everybody amplify who they are right and i know a lot of guys know football 
So now here's a program. So you don't gotta have to be fearful of like, how do I start this or how do I do that? Like soup to nuts, we, we can do that for you. So that's what 360 is. And that's a, that's beautiful. I thank you for sharing your truth. I thank you for putting that together. And just from just from listening and hearing how you, you mapped that out, that's just, that's really the, the essentials behind a, a great business is setting up the infrastructure and so that that's what franchise companies are. are. They right. set up the infrastructure for somebody else to come in and say, hey, I like this. I want to go take this to my city and, and, and maximize it too, because I think mm -hmm. there's a need for it. Like you said, if someone like myself wanted to come in and say, hey, I want to bring 360 under my under my belt and, and, and give it to the community that I'm involved in. That's exactly, um, I think that that is a major key right there and that we can all, use that same formula to give back and, and give to our community and, and to encourage um, economic uh, empowerment and generational wealth. So I thank you for that, man. Um, so how we met um, was, was through the NFLPA, through the trust. So man, I, wanted, I want you to talk about a little bit about the trust and, and, your, and your role there. Sure, man. Uh, I am currently Director of Engagement and Outreach for the Trust. Uh, powered by the NFL Players Association. Um, and I started off, well, we've been around for se for seven years now, seven and a half years. So I was brought out at the very beginning to help build it, right? So uh, when I when I started there, the trust really wasn't the trust. It was just a thought. It was on paper. So when I got there and got hired, I was on the first, uh, I was one of the, it was six, it was a group of six of the first people that were hired at the trust. And uh, we were program managers. And so uh, we came in, man, and we, we were, I was a case manager for the first two years, man. I, pro I was a, a program manager for professional athletes, man. So, and just to rewind a little bit, what the trust is, is a, is a, is a benefit for guys who have two credit seasons or more that helps them transition after football, right? It helps them to find their purpose after football, right? And be better at that. So that's what the trust is. And that was right up my alley, man. So, you know, I was doing that with 360 before. And coming into this space, I was like, oh, I'd love to do that. i love to serve, right? So it was an opportunity to build something. I'm an entrepreneur, right, as well. I love startups. So this was basically a startup company at the time. Um, and being associated with the NFLPA, which is a union that, that is known for fighting for the players, I was excited about that. Um, so coming on and just, like I said, I saw what was going on. I was now, at this point in time, I was probably five years retired, six years retired. So I understood transition enough. Well, I thought I did, right? I understood it myself personally and, and saw some of the stories but uh, yeah, man, so that's what I do. But until you really, you know, I, I would say this, man, my first two years when you're on the ground floor talking to players every day and helping them manage their lives after football, man, you learn a lot about guys, man. You learn a lot about yourself and what transition from football really means and why, uh, why, right? And guess why guys are in certain situations they're in and empathy, right? Empathy to mental health and other things that go on and financial loss and these just having empathy to how guys get in certain situations, I think. The outside world looks at us as football players, and when something is not right, they're like, "Oh, this and oh that." But we're humans, and this is sometimes this is simple math. When you talk about financial stuff, right? Tell me a person that can last five years after getting fired from a job. <laughs> you know, say say you you're a doctor. Say you went to school to be a doctor, and they told you you went to law, you went to medical school, and did all that stuff, and became a doctor and practiced for ten years, and they told you you can no longer be a doctor. Find something else to do. And if it took you three years, four years to find something else to do, that doctor gonna be just as broke as everybody else. And I'm not saying there's all, I'm not counting nobody's pockets, but I'm just saying it's just, it's math. You know, if you got a 
it, this, the day you get fired, you're digging into your savings account, the day that you get fired, because basically you're not getting a check, right? So that's how it goes, man. So just the empathy, man. And like I said, mental health was a big piece of me understanding a lot more about now. Um, seven years later, I feel like I'm <laughs> almost like an expert at it, but you know, understanding that space has uh, transformed me and, and made me a more of a complete person, man, understanding myself. So yeah, man, it's been good, man. So I've got to touch a lot of people, help a lot of people. A lot of people have helped me. Um, got to build something that I feel will sustain us to the test of time, something that had never existed before. I mean, there was nothing before the trust uh, that, that ever did this. Uh, and so other organizations coming in like the baseball, you know, Major League Baseball and, and, and NBA coming in, looking at what we're doing, trying to replicate what we're doing is, is you know, is, is, is good, man. So. Again, once again, we talked about you set up that infrastructure. Yeah, exactly. People, people going to start to take notice and they're exactly. they going to start calling your phone. Infrastructure, that's man. That's sure. how they do it, man. So I think that's, uh, I think that's a, it's a great thing that, you know, what you've done so far with the trust. And it's a beautiful thing when you can come in from the, from ground zero and help build something up. And, and that's a part of, you know, that's a part of leaving your legacy. And I think um, the impact that, that the lives that you've touched, um, myself included, man, I'm grateful. Mm -hmm. And I can speak on behalf of everybody else just saying that um, I'm thankful. So continue, you, to, continue to shine your light, continue to empower and inspire other players um, and all those who you come in contact, man. So as we, can, as we, about, as we wrap this up, I want to bring it back full circle to, you know, what, like I said earlier to the, to the mental health and to the emotional, um, and to the emotional health. And you kind of test on it with 360, you test on it with, with, um, with the trust. And I think, uh, just one, if you can give like some mindful tips or practices to guys who may be listening, um, to, to get them more aware of mental and emotional health. Well, I would say, the biggest nugget I would give about mental health and emotional health is to be honest with yourself, right? Um, you can't heal yourself or you can't fix something or begin to um, make a change in yourself. You, if you want first be honest with yourself and identify it, right? <clears throat> um, you shouldn't always wait for somebody else to tell you that something's going on with you. You know your body better than anybody else. And I think sometimes we ignore the signs that we see ourselves, we want to pretend like, nah, that's not going on, and nah, this is not this, but we know ourselves better. We know we often identifying that, right, is the first step, right? You can, and, and identifying it and saying, okay, it's okay to feel how I'm feeling. It's okay to be in the place that I'm in mentally, but I identified it. Now I can work to get help because you can't even get help if you don't identify that you even have a problem. So I see guys walk around for years with this, with this mental health problem issue, whatever you want to call it, and they will not address it because they don't want to admit it. They don't want to admit it to their wife, their spouse, their mama, their brothers, their sisters, not even to themselves, right? So they can go home and be like, man, I know I'm tripping. But then they go outside and they live in a lie, man, and that, that, in, that uh, enhances their mental health, right? uh, their mental health issues, I should say. When they're not, when they live in a lie, it's hard, bro. It's, it's hard to live a lie and it impacts you and it affects you. So. <clears throat> Be, just like when you know something's wrong with your body when you're playing football, like it ain't feeling right and you got to address it, even though you might not tell the coach, you know something ain't right with your knee, but you ain't going to tell the coach, but you know something ain't right. You know your body better than anybody else. Same thing with mental health, man. You got to know when something ain't right. Be honest with yourself 
And that's the first step. Yeah, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Be honest with yourself um, as you go on this journey through life. Annabelle, on behalf of Gentry Church Academy, I'd like to thank you for taking this time to schedule um, to have this intentional conversation. And I hope the view was found it insightful and uplifting. Um, you know, if, if, if you have any closing remarks, man, or if, if you, um, if people want to stay in touch with you, how can they, uh, how can they stay in touch with you? Man, uh, I am not a big social media person, but I guess I'm going to start having to be, you can find me at, at Bull Navies, um, on Instagram. Um, that's pretty much where I'm at, but you know, you can always reach me at, uh, Hannibal Navies, Hannibal.Navies at playerstrust.com from an email standpoint. But, um, now you'll see more of me, man. I'll be out there producing content like yourself and doing other things, but nah. I appreciate the platform and I love what you're doing. And I think, you know, spreading this energy and this positive energy that you do, man, is, is really good because everybody doesn't do that. And everybody doesn't take the opportunity from their energy and put that energy out there the way that you have, man. So I appreciate it, man. And it's a, it's, a, it's contagious and I appreciate it. And, uh, let's support each other. Anything I can do to help you, man. Of course, man. Energy is contagious. Until next time, remember the power is within. Don't give in. That's straight from the soul, you know how I roll. Peace mm -hmm. and love.